Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bulls Beat Podcast Show, the Chicago Bulls Podcast. Welcome back to the Bulls Beat Bulls fans. Doug Tone is here with you discussing our Chicago Bulls. And the Bulls have continued to build out their front office and basketball operations department by making three hires. The first, Vanya Cernovic. I did try to figure out how to pronounce her name correctly. Failed to do so. Could not hear it pronounced by anyone who seemed like they were knew what they were doing on the internet anywhere. So that's the best I got for you. Apologies there. But a fun way to waste about 15 minutes of your time. Uh, she ran a, a junior MBA in, in Europe and played professionally for several years and is the first female scout for the Chicago Bulls. So uh, some diversity hires there. They also hired uh, Ty Abbott, who is a, going to be a t- player development coordinator. He played college ball for ASU. Uh, he played in some low-level European leagues, and he was a player development associate with the 76ers, so clearly someone that Mark Eversley was aware of and knew and uh, brought in to help with player development. Second player development coordinator, Ronnie Burrell, uh, he was an assistant coach in the G League uh, with the Nets, uh, played college ball at UNC Greensboro, also played some low-level European ball. I think hiring guys like that is always a positive. I mean, there's no no negative to bringing in support staff that's going to help develop your NBA players. I think we should always be looking to do that. These guys come extremely cheap, and if you can have your players have individual help from qualified people, I think there's never any downside to having more of that on your team. And in, in this, this allows for more opportunities for that. And I think that's going to be a big positive and just shows in general that we're willing to spend on kind of the support staff, put more money around uh, the players and not just spend on the talent. And we've seen that with Billy Donovan. We've seen that with Arturis Kinesivas. We've seen that uh, as they've added more and more staff in basketball operations with all the hires that they've made, that they're building out a larger staff and a more competent staff and a more uh, standard front office and not so much of a small market team front office. And maybe even, I shouldn't even say small market team, but maybe even just antiquated front office. You know, this is probably the way people did things. You know, Back in the 80s and 90s, they just had like four or five guys. They didn't have all this build out around. And now you see teams you know, with the professional gyms and the professional training facilities and you know, professional cooks and all this other stuff. And, and the Bulls have a lot of that stuff already, and now they're starting to, to build that out more. And one thing that was uh, great about this whole thing that's happened is the Bulls really are attempting to make themselves a world-class, first-class organization. And I think that can only help when you start trying to attract free agents and do you know, other things like that. So not the biggest news in the world, but definitely another step in the right direction, another step towards uh, you know, being able to land big-name free agents and things like that. So another kind of big news, is Doc Rivers was fired. So Doc Rivers uh, was let go from the Clippers. I'm actually not surprised by this at all. I, I think there was definitely a championship or bust mentality. I actually think Doc Rivers is kind of underachieved with the Clippers his entire tenure there. And even though I think he's a very good coach, you know, he, he definitely did not get good results. I think his teams, you know, faded out in the playoffs. The Chris Paul, Blake Griffin uh, era did not win as much as you kind of expected them to. This uh, Clippers team obviously won or uh, sorry, lost as a massive favorite. Um, and that's always a bad sign. And I think there is something to be said to the theory that uh, they waited until they saw the Nuggets uh, get blown out by the Lakers, and then they fired him. Like, you know, hey, we, we view ourselves as one of these top two teams. You know, if the Nuggets just went out and they, they fought the Lakers to seven or they actually beat the Lakers, I think maybe 
then maybe Doc Rivers' job might have been safe, and they might have said, you know what, this, uh, this Nuggets team goes on to win the title. They're, they were just a team. They were just really awesome. We lost to a really good team, and, and that can happen, and we lost to them in seven games. But once the Lakers just routed the, the Nuggets, then I think the, the Clippers said no more of this guy. And so how does this relate to the Bulls? Not a whole lot, really, but there's been some small pushback then of like, well, why didn't the Bulls wait even longer? We could have Doc Rivers. One, I'm not sure that Doc Rivers wanted to come here or not. Uh, even if we could get him. And, and two, I'm not sure that I would want Doc Rivers over Billy Donovan. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's definitely a guy who's beloved by the players. I think he's a guy who probably could help your free agency. But I think, I think Billy Donovan is, is kind of a similar guy in that respect. Uh, I just don't know that I'd want to pay the, the $8, $10 million premium for Rivers, given that, like I said, I feel he's actually underachieved for most of his Clippers tenure, and you could even argue he underachieved with the Celtics. I mean, they, they did win one title there, but I, I think they have more talent than that, that Lakers team that they lost two out of three to. And, uh, you know, yeah, hard to say. I, I, I would I'd give him a push on that. I'm not going to say he underachieved in Boston, but I, I, he definitely didn't overachieve in Boston, I guess, you know, looking at the, the quality of players he had. I mean, that was just a crazy starting five when you had prime Rondo, uh, Kendrick Perkins are your two worst starters, and then you got Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and uh, Paul Pierce like in their primes. You know that was that was just a, a great great you know starting group. Um, anyway, so if you're a fan of Doc Rivers, maybe you're a little disappointed. Like I said, I don't think the Bulls are going to chase him anyway. It will be interesting to see where Doc Rivers goes. Got to be he'll interview. I'd imagine for the 76ers job, maybe the Pelicans job. It'd be interesting to see if one of those teams is willing to pull the trigger on bringing in a big-name coach, maybe the Rockets job, you know, with uh, D'Antoni out. I think I think it'll be interesting to see where some of these guys land. And for the Clippers, it's like, who are you going to get that you really feel is an upgrade for Doc Rivers? You know, and and also, you know, was uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, were those guys uh, the ones who kind of forced Rivers out? So it'd be, I don't know, I'm curious to see what the rumor mill Uh, ends up with on there and the final kind of little topic I want to discuss today is the Bradley Beal I don't know if I want to call it rumors you know or just a story so Bradley Beal was uh, tweeting about uh, Billy Donovan he played for Billy Donovan in college it was huge huge Donovan fan loves loves Billy Donovan says he's the greatest coach he's ever played for which is something we hear a lot by guys who played for Billy Donovan and uh, he tweeted when the his name first became connected with the Bulls, like I oh was like uh, as as it should be or something. There's like like Billy Donovan connected with the Bulls, and he tweeted like as he should be or something like that, or good for them. You know, it was like a supportive tweet, like yeah, they should absolutely hire him. And when he got the job, he tweeted yes with like ten exclamation points. You know, it was very excited for his coach to land the job with the Bulls. And so a lot of people are wondering, like, can the Bulls now trade for Bradley Beal? And, you know, what would you give up for him and how would this work? And so I want to talk about that a little bit. So first thing, hey, the Wizards don't look like they're really going anywhere. They're probably in rebuild. Bradley Beal's locked up, I think, for four more seasons. And, you know, he's, he's on a huge max deal and, you know, he's a great player. And so you know, would they consider trading Beal to some other team in order to facilitate rebuilding? You know, clearly Beal didn't lead them anywhere special last year as they were very poor. And... You know, maybe they'll go and look to just hit the reset button altogether. Maybe they'll try and rebuild if John Wall can be healthy uh, this year. We could see how that turns out, but I don't know how optimistic anyone really is on that. So 
assuming the Wizards might be open to trading Bradley Beal, and Bradley Beal would love to probably come to Chicago Bulls if, uh, if Billy Donovan is here, you know, the package people keep talking about is Zach Levine plus the number four pick plus maybe Lowry for Bradley Beal. And you know what? I got to be honest with you. I'm not super excited about this trade. I know everyone loves Bradley Beal, and I like Bradley Beal. I think he's a great player. I just, I just don't know that he's so awesome, though. I mean, like, you're upset that Zach's not a winner and that Zach's not taking you where you want to go, but then you're going to go with Bradley Beal. Where did he lead the Wizards with, like, a cast of lousy people? Like, the same record Zach Levine led the Bulls. Uh, I just, I, I, as a scorer, yeah, probably uh, he's a little bit more physical, definitely a better defender. I mean, I think he's a better player than Levine. Uh, but he's costing you twice as much money, and you're going to give up a bunch of other assets to get him. And then I just, you're going to have like Bradley Beal and about what the Wizards had last year. And that was a team that was worse than the Bulls. And, and so I'm, I'm just not excited about giving all that up much for him. Now, if there is a trade where you can go Otto Porter plus the number four pick plus maybe a future pick, uh, top four protected, you know, then I might be okay. You know, and I, I'd be good with that type of trade for Bradley Beal. You, know, you build around Beal and Levine. I think that's a really dynamic scoring backcourt. You throw Kobe White coming off the bench or maybe even as a starter at some point. And that's, that's a, lot of, uh, a lot of firepower on, on the perimeter. And I think that is kind of the makeup of these good teams right now are teams that have a lot of firepower on the perimeter. And I think that would be a somewhat compelling team. You know, maybe I could throw in uh, you know, Lowry in there just because I'm not sure what we're going to do with him contractually. I don't know how much value he has, but... I tend to want to keep Lowry in that situation only because if it works out, you know, it'd be nice to have him. And he probably isn't worth so much to the Wizards, but it, it, it really just depends on like what, what the package ends up being about. The thing is, in the end, I just don't think you can give up too much to get him. Uh, if you give up like all your, he's not someone I think you can build around necessarily, uh, certainly without having other ways to bring in decent talent. So you can't, uh, you can't have a bare cupboard and then, bring in Bradley Beal and expect to go anywhere. You have to have Beal and you have to have the ability to bring in other things or you have to have Beal and you have to have other quality stuff still here. Now, if you could bring in Beal and you could get rid of you know, all of your contracts, there might be something to the idea of like, let's bring in Bradley Beal, let's enter the offseason with Beal under contract and a crap ton of cap space and then sell Giannis and Anthony Davis on coming here and forming a big three I don't think you could quite get enough under the cap to have all those guys, given that they'll all be around $40 million. So uh, you can maybe get one of them and have enough room for some other space. But I, I think that would maybe be something you could try and plan around. Uh, but I, I think that would just be uh, somewhat difficult to pull off because I think you'd need to be able to do that. You need to be able to get up to like 30, 40 wins. And then, uh, then maybe you could have some excitement. Or you need to find a way to get three guys and I just don't see how you're going to get three because Beal's salary is just too high, you know, in com- combination with uh, these other two guys and the cap might shrink. Like, it's, it's going to be difficult to fit three, three guys on the roster. So I think for that reason, it, it, it's difficult to kind of build something. But I'll be interested to see how it turns out. Like, there's definitely permutations here that I would be all over. And I, I think he's a great player, better than anyone we have. Uh, it is just a matter of, is he such a great player that you're going to give up, you know, like three uh, decent assets to get? Uh, when he makes so much money and you don't have any immediate plan to be able to do anything around him. I think that's the, the main concern. So 
you got to figure out what your plan is and if you can come up with something where you say we can get Beal here and then we could do these other four or five things and that's going to get us either another star or a cast around him and now we're going to have something good then I think you go for it but you just got to make sure you leave yourself enough room uh, to make the next step and uh, do something exciting after he is here. So that will do it for this edition of the Bulls Beat. You can reach out to me on Twitter, Doug underscore Tonus, and ask questions also on Real GM Forum. I've got a thread up for the Bulls Beat there. You can ask questions there. And I'll talk to you guys soon.